Welcome to an all-new episode of Press YYZ. We're the only Canadian gaming podcast that you can catch live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as on podcast services and YouTube uh, every Thursday. My name is Nathan. Today I'm joined by Cozy and AJ. Cozy, how are you doing? It's been a very pokerific week for me, yeah, Nathan. Yeah. Very pokerific, and I have so much to talk about. Oh no, um, AJ, how are you doing? I uh, I feel like I could be just as tired as you are for whatever reason. <laughs> I oh man, I fucking woke up today, uh, and this is the second time it's happened in like the last month, with mm-hmm. the worst friggin' Charlie horse in my leg, just out of nowhere. Um, the, the, uh, apparently the common causes of that are like, if you're dehydrated, which I know I'm not, um, by the amount of water I drink and the amount of times I have to pee during the day. Um, and then, um, is like a lack of potassium, but I also have a banana every day. So I don't know what's going on there, but, uh, clearly hmm. I'm just getting older and breaking down. That you happens know. when you get older. I'm, that's my understanding. Yeah. So, um, all right. Also, Cozy, I didn't tell you, but we have a special guest. We do? Yeah. Somebody's about to invade our Discord. Oh. As a surprise. I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, let me I would get like this to, ready it, real quick. Here we go. Introduce you to Hazel, my new puppy. Aww. We have leased her Lord. from a fine leasing facility that leases dogs. Yep. Just a rental. It's a rental dog. Yep. So Never gonna cozy. Let that we can one talk die. later about how. <laughs> I mean, it it it's a good it's a good bit when there's an actual dog available. It's it's pretty good. I didn't have a choice. I felt like it had to be done. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's Hazel. That's my new puppy. So she's adorable. I picked a terrible week to start streaming. Yeah, um, with with a puppy, you have to keep an eye on. And make sure she doesn't like strangle herself on cords and and everything. Or maybe Honestly, you she's... picked the best week to start streaming because you know a lot of popular streamers out there have like puppy cams. Cat I was cams. just gonna say you need a puppy cam. You yeah, need a puppy I'm cam. Considering yeah. something like that, um, you need well, to make a your... uh, you need to make a TikTok account for her. Um, okay. Uh, Instagram account take take a bunch of awesome. You got a Pixel phone, so you're gonna take good pictures anyway. Um, because sometimes, like, even if, even if you're, like, small time and, like, she doesn't get f- internet famous or anything like that, like, it's still, yep. some sometimes brands will still reach out to you and send you free products to try with her. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, our, we'll give that cat, a try. Our family's cat, Jackie, has more Instagram followers than me or anyone else in my family. If you go on Instagram and search Jackie the tortoiseshell cat, all one word. Uh, you will find a cat that is not posted, uh, I believe, since December of 2021 that is still beating all of your asses at the Instagram game. So I, I think that you should heed AJ's advice, Nathan. I think you got to get that okay. up on Instagram. All right. Well, Instagram or TikTok, I think TikTok's probably the better platform at this point, right? I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss. Maybe I can do multiple services. It's just so much work. Yeah. Um, 
Yep. So, yeah. So um, before we get into housekeeping, um, as a reminder, please, we here at Press YYZ stand against discrimination of any kind. And while we appreciate however you choose to give back to our show, there's no better way to support us than being excellent to each other. Um, if you want to give a donation to a charity that helps focus on Ukraine, I think this month, that'd be great, too. So just look at that. Be cool. Um, and let's support people who need support. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's talk quickly about housekeeping. So I guess I'm going to start cause I'm the one who's got a lot of housekeeping. Uh, I talked about this last week, but I have officially launched the, uh, my Twitch channel, the underscore and Mac, and I've been doing some solid streaming, uh, the past two nights. So yay. Uh, I've been, I've been streaming WWE 2K uh 22 it's pretty good we're going to talk about it um and a bit in what we've been playing um but my intent is to keep this going i will keep thursdays on our press yyz channel i think until i'm done lego dimensions and then i'll probably switch over to my channel for that as well mm-hmm. um but yeah no it's uh been a pretty fun week uh i know i was gonna say this was a bad week for me to start because i literally have to go on a week's vacation yeah after <laughs> yeah so. I mean, it's it, it it's your it's your test and trial week. I remember uh, last year when I started doing a, a little bit of streaming on my own personal channel. I just I would just boot it up randomly and play like thirty minutes to an hour uh, as I tried to get like the stream layout and everything set accordingly. Of like yeah. the demo for the Wind Waker um, on uh, GameCube. And it was literally like the demo disc that came with like that came before it with um, Ocarina of Time and Master Quest put put on it. Um, But yeah, you know, there's you're you're working out the kinks right now. And then like the proper launch, I guess, would be after you get back. Yeah. So I I wanted to make sure I got the fresh launch of 2K22 because technically it came out on midnight on Tuesday. Um, but for some reason, I decided to take a plane to New Zealand on Monday and play it early. Is this, so, correct me if I'm wrong, were you previously in New Zealand in 2021? Uh, yes, when I uh, wanted to play Forza Horizon 5 early, I was in New Zealand. Man, yeah. I, just, just today, we finally confirmed my first uh, out of province trip since the start of the pandemic and going to Toronto, uh, hopefully uh, towards the end of April. Hopefully I'll be able to see you guys. If not, we'll, mm-hmm. you know, figure out something else for the future. Yep. And I'm so jealous that you've been to New Zealand of all places twice since the start wow. of 2020. Well, you know, when you want to play a game early, sometimes you need to travel there. There's Is no that choice. it? That's the, yep. that's the secret. Okay. Yep. Yep. If you if you want to know how to play games slightly earlier than everybody else, by like New Zealand lives in the future. Yep. Yep. They do. So th- that's how you do it. Um, so, yeah. So, yes, please, if you haven't uh, not subscribed, followed me on uh, Twitch, please uh, give me a follow. It's the underscore and Mac. I'm sitting at like 22, 23 followers now. I need to get to 50 to be affiliate. So whatever support and help I can get from the community, I'd really appreciate that. Um, so I'll be streaming Lego Dimensions tomorrow night. So my last night streaming uh, before I go on vacation because I will be gone all next week. Um, I will be doing that. I don't know how close I am to the end. I feel like I'm close to the end of the story mode. That being said, tune in to find out. Uh, finally, um, and I won't be here for this, but next week, our 
YYZ reviewee game will be Art of the Rally, which actually I feel like would be a great game for me to play. Um, we have a, a Ben who, uh, who's been on our show before. This was his yeah. recommendation, correct, AJ? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my friend Ben um, uh, has agreed to potentially come back again on the onto the show um, and uh, talk some more game about games and the development side of things. Um, but uh, yeah, he he was originally going to be on uh, this week, but um, you know the world being the way it is, you know he wasn't he was feeling a little off, had to cancel his babysitter and stuff, so he couldn't make it. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, this was his recommendation, and I, I I believe the hold on, let me pull up the quote that he said about it. Um, Ooh, we, we got let's an actual see. quote from him on this podcast. Ooh. This is uh, yeah, about our Art of Rally, for the storm to come. Yeah, so he suggested Art of Rally, and then he said, Art of Rally looks dope and is made by a nice guy. I've always wanted to play it, but haven't gotten around to it. Pretty small, pretty indie racing game, and it's on oh, Game Pass. I, um, and I feel racing games don't get enough love, which I think, Nathan, you will agree with. I Yeah, I, I would. I, I want to say, like, you know, complete and utter respect for Ben Wander. He was great last time he was on the podcast. Looking forward to his appearance next week. I was kind of mm -hmm. expecting that his quote would be something like, yeah, I played this indie game and it spoke to me on a fundamental level. This game is going to change your lives, too. I, I kind of like that we're all going into it blind, but that's not exactly the quote I was expecting. Yeah, no, it, it just it, from like judging a book by its cover perspective, like that's kind of how he picked it. So uh, I do want to say very quickly, uh, like no spoilers about what the game actually entails. However, uh, if you go to a website called timetobeat.com, uh, completing everything in the game single player campaign apparently takes around 16 hours. So if you're playing along with us, uh, don't feel obliged to complete it within the week. Just, you know, dip your toes in. And if it gets your hooks in you, by all means, keep going. But I think all of us are going to just kind of play what we feel comfortable with playing. Absolutely. Um, hundred percent before I forget finish off housekeeping uh, and we are going to talk about our unpacking thought or uh, we will unpack the PlayStation showcase after we unpack unpacking. Did I say unpack enough there? Yeah. Um, I did watch it and stream it on my channel earlier. Um, I've also tried something and uploaded my reactions to YouTube. How's it doing to my so YouTube far? channel? I have no idea. Probably not great. Um, I even made a <laughs> thumbnail of my face. I saw that. That, that and pretty put it good. On. Pretty good. Let me check. Uh, it out. So, you, real quick. What program did you use to make that thumbnail? Uh, GIMP. Just GIMP? Yeah, that's all yeah. right. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn new things. I, I need yeah. to become better at this type of stuff. Um, so we'll talk about the games and stuff in a second. I need to find a list of what actually was announced there because uh, I've forgotten a lot of it, um, which is either a good thing or a, well, it's not a good thing. Let's be honest. Not a good thing. Um, no. It's not a good thing. So that being said, before we jump into our unpacking of unpacking, let's talk about some of the other things we've been playing. So let's start off here. Oh, my what's news over here. Um, so Cozy, you have completed Legends Arceus. Now, does that mean finish or completed? Uh, I finished the main campaign. I've not completed all the like post-game stuff or the Pokedex, uh, but indeed I rolled credits on it. Okay, so your roll credits. Yes. So I've heard so much about Pokemon, and this isn't your only Pokemon thing. 
You've got three minutes to tell me what you think about the Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm kidding. Take as much time as you need. I mean, I actually would have appreciated if you actually really enforced that because I feel like I tend to ramble a little bit. Whatever. Let's get on to it. Okay. Pokemon yeah. Legends Arceus is a game that has had quite a roller coaster uh, of a time on this podcast. Uh, when the game came out, uh, we were all kind of mixed on it. Mitch really loved it. Myself and AJ enjoyed it, but had major qualms with it. When we had Jacob McCourt on, he talked about some of his issues with the game too. TLDR, um, I think that we all appreciated the game's attempt to kind of mix up the Pokemon formula, formula, but didn't really love how much it placed an emphasis on catching Pokemon over battling and bonding with them. Uh, and at least like in my case, I was just really kind of downtrodden at the idea that this was indicative of the direction that the Pokemon games were to go in in the future. I felt like they really kind of lost something in making Legends Arceus and didn't like the idea that from here on out, every subsequent Pokemon game would follow suit. Um, then what happened was about a week ago, um, two new Pokemon games, uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet were announced. And while there still is not a lot that we know about them, what we have been shown of them would seem to suggest that while they are taking cues from Pokemon Legends Arceus, you know, they feature a kind of big open world that you can explore at your leisure, for example, um, they're going to adhere a little bit more closely to the kind of traditional Pokemon formula that we know. And that gave me the kind of confidence uh, and energy to kind of go back to Pokemon Legends Arceus and complete it with a bit of a kind of new perspective on it. That perspective being Pokemon Legends Arceus is not necessarily indicative of what the Pokemon series is going to uh, become 100% in the future. It's just a very high-budget spinoff, like, for example, uh, Pokemon Ranger or Pokemon Conquest or any of these other memorable Pokemon spinoffs before it and should be treated as such. And treating it as such, I really found myself quite enjoying it, enough to the point that, you know, I was able to ultimately uh, get through to the end and actually complete it. Um, I think that while the experience is definitely still not without its qualms, I think that uh, the game's uh, final few hours really kind of ramped up in a way that I found very satisfying. There's a particularly like unexpectedly dark moment uh, that happens towards the end of it that I won't spoil on this podcast just because it's kind of new uh, that I, I, I am excited to eventually see you get to AJ if you're going to get to it. Um, and I do want to say... We'll we'll get to that in a minute. I do want to say, like, I have said this on the podcast in the past. I think that Mitch has, you know, echoed similar sentiments as well. Like, the writing in the Pokemon series has gotten consistently better and better and better over time. And I really do feel like if the Pokemon games looked like the kind of games that we typically praise for their writing and storytelling, if Pokemon had kind of the production values that you would expect out of like, not even like a Uncharted or a Last of Us, but even something like, uh, like the most recent uh, Life is Strange game, for example, I feel like people would really like, herald the Pokemon games as being like one of these strongly more strongly written uh, series out there. Um, and that's all I'll say on the matter uh, for the sake of not going head first into spoilers. So AJ, 
you actually have been making a little bit of progress on Legends Arceus yourself over the past yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I finally had a chance to sit down and play it for a couple, a couple, uh, like a handful of hours um, over the weekend. Uh, it was my birthday weekend, so that time was mine to do with what I wanted. Um, and so that's what I wanted to do is just sit down and veg out for, uh, you know, a, a few hours one day and, and do that. Um, I finally beat the, uh, fourth dude. Uh, I won't name yeah. the dude, but what, what are they called again? The Lord? Yeah. The Lords. Yeah. yeah the Lords essentially. Um, so that, that gives you a little perspective as to where I'm at. That guy was a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, I'm still I'm still mixed on it, but I'm still enjoying it. I still think that um, you know they 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 have a long way to go to kind of make it. It's an it's a Nintendo property. They they all in some ways have a long way to go. Apparently, except Zelda, everybody has to catch up to Zelda now. Um, but um, I wish they I would. Know, yeah um the uh what was my what what was my train of thought there oh the um i don't think so looking forward um in the with uh, scarlet and violet i don't think there's enough time for them to have learned the lessons they needed to learn from this to implement them into scarlet and violet Scarlet and Violet being a mainline game is absolutely going to get a better budget. It's probably going to look better and run a lot better. And it's the whole thing is going to be overall better to an extent. But I don't, I definitely don't think they've, they're going to implement the, all, all of the lessons they needed to implement from, from this. Um, but I do think it, it's, it's looking pro like I skipped Sword and Shield. I got, I got Sun and Moon and didn't really care for it. Um, I skipped Sword and Shield, uh, and so maybe this will get me back in, depending on the gimmick that they choose to go with. We'll see. Well, right. like, I'm curious, what would you say are, like, the biggest lessons that they need to take away from Arceus in crafting Scarlet and Violet? Because, like I said at the top, I think that the advantage of that Scarlet and Violet have is because they're going to be a little bit more traditional, they won't fall into some of the pitfalls that we had with Arceus's design. Namely, once again, they're, like, overemphasis on catching over battling, for example. Yeah, um... So the I I mostly feel like the le the biggest lesson that they needed to learn is to make their open world feel more alive because it was very it was amazing at first, right? Um when you first walked around um the landscape in Legends Arceus. Um but then like as time wore on and like it's just you go to essentially what is within one map, a new biome in that map that, oh, look, now there's geodudes and only geodudes up this this rocky trail. Right. Um, which, yes, in, in a way is kind of similar to um, to to the, the mainline games, but brought in with, uh, you know, improved with influences from something like Breath of the Wild. But I think, so 
with regards to like the catching um, issue that I had with it previously, like I still feel I still feel the same way. But to better articulate it, I think the Pokemon in your party need to feel more like characters and you need to be able to interact with them differently um, at this point moving forward um, because otherwise it's just sort of they, they become tools as opposed to uh, as, as opposed to friends you don't you don't necessarily form that bond with them right mm -hmm. and if they could make it similar to like a, like let's go where pikachu was a character but if they could find a way to do that for a lot of the pokemon um i think i think that would improve it a, a lot more than and i don't think they have enough time with that releasing this year for them to do that so Okay. Well, I mean, I suppose we'll have to wait a little bit longer to get some of the answers to those questions at this point. Not a whole lot we can yep. do at the moment. You okay there, uh, Nathan? Yeah, I'm good. Nathan uh, okay. really hardcore zoned out during that. Yeah, no, he, he really was, should he was imagining every taking in all the words we were saying, and he, he's got, probably got it memorized at this point. Yeah, he really we should have Pokemon set that three minute. He he should have set that three minute time limit. And he's really yeah. regretting it now. I'm yep. considering playing a Pokemon game while I'm on vacation. So we'll discuss Ooh. what I think maybe about Brilliant Diamond or I don't know which one. Shining Pearl my son has. Because I have to play something on Switch uh, while I'm gone. Because I'm not dragging my Xbox with me. Um, Come on. Uh, the plane has it's like $56 a check bag. Ugh. Uh, so no, <laughs> it, it's it's you get one carry on one personal item so you can pick or choose which one. No, nope. you don't get a carry on in this one. It costs fifty six dollars too. I'm taking the super budget arrow. Oh, fucking A. Fucking yeah. A. OK, um, so yeah, so my switch is coming with me. Uh, so I thought maybe I'd dive into that and see. I liked sword when I played or shield. I can't remember which one. Um, mm. Fine. I'm curious about how an old school one is going to feel. So I'm considering that. And maybe when I come back, I'll have tales to regale about Pokemon. Um, probably not. Um, so, OK, so cozy. Well, let's just get the Pokemon rock block out of the way. Tell me about Pokemon Emeralds Battle Frontier. Your first time or your first time ever beating it. I think I this is a big deal. I can assure you, Nathan, that this particular uh, Pokemon segment will actually take three minutes. All right. Uh, okay. Let's queue up a quick little video. We rarely play videos here on PressYZ, but I think this one is deserving of being played. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alexander Kazina, and it is a momentous occasion. I'm finally, finally about to obtain the gold medal at Pokemon Emeralds Battle Arena. Right now, I am down to uh, the last Pokemon on the opponent's side. I still have all three of my Pokemon, so you know things are going well for me. All right. That is uh, Starmie, by Relume. the way. Reloom. Unfortunately for her, uh, my Starmie has Psychic. There we go. Is it that was KO? the last Pokemon in her party. Reloom so. isn't really meant to withstand hits like that. Yep, it's a one-hit KO. Player defeated Arena Tycoon Greta. No joke, I have been trying to beat this thing since fucking 2005. Woo! 
Huh? Are you serious? Hell yeah, I'm serious. Do you know how many freaking Pokemon I had to breed to come up with the exact combination that would allow me to kill you? Not kill you, just, you know, defeat you. <sighs> it's a momentous day. So, yeah, TLDR, uh, in 2005, a little game called Pokemon uh, Emerald version came out. Uh, Pokemon Emerald version was an enhanced version of Ruby and Sapphire that contained a facility in its post-game called the Battle Frontier. Basically, a composite of seven different kind of Pokemon battling facilities that all had kind of unique and unusual rules that made uh, getting through them really, really kind of difficult. You have one facility where it's all very kind of luck based and there's Pokemon that are uh, afflicting you with status afflictions every which way. There's another one where you're like going through like an underground labyrinth and pitch darkness and you're collecting items along the way. Uh, I had managed to complete all six of these facilities over the years uh, following the game's release, except for one last one called the Battle Arena because its rules were just that devilish. Uh, but finally, after years and years of attempts, refining my team, becoming intimately familiar with the facility and the kinds of Pokemon I could face within it, I finally managed to beat it. Um, and yeah, not much else to say other than I'm happy that I can finally get on with the rest of my freaking life. Jesus. <laughs> so so that that has been the exact same save file all this time or have you like restarted over the years and like done it again or uh yes the thing is is that like back when i was playing this game for the first time in 2005 you know i had no qualms with like restarting the game and starting it over again with another starter when i would get bored uh eventually yeah. at some point i want to say in like late 2005 2006 i started the save file that would become the save file that i currently uh still have in front of me uh right here and now so not like it's not the save file that i uh like started from the moment that yeah. i you know got the game in 2005 cool. but pretty close cool so so what you need to do now is find a way to dump that save file onto your computer so you can always have it I, just in case the battery dies in the cartridge. As it would happen, uh, I actually already got an R4 card, uh, which oh, I have. Perfect. In, that's why I'm playing it on a DS, because you need to plug the R4 card into the DS slot, and that will allow you to save your uh, GBA data. I have not saved uh, this uh, particular feat because it happened literally right before the stream started, but uh, okay. once the stream is over, you know that I will most definitely be saving my progress. Absolutely. Sweet. All right, Nathan. Cool. Pokey talks over. You can move on. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, mostly. Um, thank Arceus. Thank Arceus. Oh, yeah. because Arceus is a god. I'm aware of that, right? Yeah. It's a god of Pokemon. That's why there that's you funny, go. right? Yeah. Yep. I uh, see. I, 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 I understood that reference. You're welcome. Um, okay, so I got two games to talk about quickly, um, and I will keep them quick. Uh, I think two weeks ago, I told you guys that I'd started Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse. Um, it was a Games with Gold game uh, that came out, and it's essentially an old-school point-and-click adventure. And it started with an art theft that left somebody dead, and you're an insurance adjuster trying to find out what happened. Hmm. So you don't have to pay your policy out because it seemed weird. Um, 
So, and you're exploring everything and trying to figure out what's happened. Um, and then there's more murders as you're solving it. It's actually, and now it's evolved from murders to uh, there's a religious artifact that you have to try and track down. Ooh. Uh, uh, the stories uh, just kept going. I think I'm like 75% way through the game. Um, and yeah, you know, it's really fun. Uh, if you like old school point and click adventures, I don't want to say too much, but Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse, uh, very good. Um, it's actually one of the notorious things about the first Broken Sword is it has one of the hardest puzzles ever conceived in a game. Whenever you look at a top 10 list of hardest puzzles, um, this will show up there because nobody can figure out how to do the stupid goat thing. Um, the stupid uh, a, goat thing. The, the, there's a puzzle that involves a goat that you have to do things in a specific order to do it. And like without a guide, it's almost impossible to figure out unless it's dumb luck. So color me surprised when I'm playing the new one, Broken Sword 5, and I come across a goat. And the main character's like, oh no. An NFT. So, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so Broken Sword 5, check it out. Super fun. Uh, number two, uh, I talked about earlier how I've been playing WWE 2K22 uh, recently. Uh, I played it early on Monday by sending my time zone to New Zealand and was able to play it um, in the afternoon. And I streamed it Monday night and Tuesday night. I'm going to continue streaming it. Uh, so I told you guys that I platinumed 2K20 last year. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but that game's apparently a dumpster fire. Are you guys aware? Apparently, I I am aware of that. I am asking this purely for scientific purposes. Like, legitimately, this is not the kind of game that I would seek out to platinum, even if it was easy. But like, was it an easy platinum? No, <laughs> no. But it was um, with your like prior experience with wrestling games, it was a manageable platinum at least. Yes. Yeah, it is a manageable platinum because I understood the systems. Like when I played 2K20, a lot of muscle memory came back about how to play it. If that makes sense. Um so and as I started to figure out the maneuvers and doing everything, I kind of went through it. And it was not like I was playing in March of 2021. So it was not the dumpster fire that it was when it launched. Mm, okay. Let me put it that way. Okay. So that being said, they've skipped a year uh, re yearly release. This is almost two years since the last game they've done. Um, and I'm here to tell you, WWE 2K22, better than 2K20. Nice. Not willing to say it's good, but you're at least going to say it's better. No, wait, I'm not done yet. It's oh. better than 2K19, which people like. Okay. Not a lot better, but it is better. Mm. Um, the graphics look good. Uh, they have. So I talked about the muscle memory that I had. They've completely switched the control scheme up, which has messed up my muscle memory completely. Um, okay. But I'm learning it, um, and I'm getting through. They've done a lot of cool things, uh, some not-so-great things. There's this faction mode that... I think is like the ultimate team modes that you'd play in other games where you have to use currency for cards uh, mm. to play it, which isn't great. Um, but they have a universe mode, which I haven't touched a whole lot, but people seem to like. They have a GM mode, which apparently is shallow, but 
people have been wanting that for years um there is a story mode called my rise which people are liking i haven't dived a huge amount in what i have focused on and i finished uh before the show started is the showcase mode are you guys familiar with a wrestler named ray mysterio jr i have heard that name before yeah i mean he's one of those guys that definitely i remember was memed on the internet a little bit when that spider-man movie came out because of course what else are you going to do i don't know anything else about him yeah okay so ray mysterio jr is one of the supreme mexican high flyers he's a legend he's been around for god he was wrestling in 96 when i first started watching wrestling 97 um, so he's been around forever. He's still going. He's still one of the best. He still competes at a super high level. He's a luchador, so he flies all around the ring. He's the cover at- athlete this year, and they basically did a showcase. Uh, and they do showcases regularly. And what they do is they typically have like some sort of they walk you through their history of their of their like their their history in general. And you'll do certain matches, and they'll have like a video clip before the match talking about what led to this match, what it meant to them, that type of thing. Um, which is always cool. I like watching that archive archival footage, um, when it comes to old matches, what they did was really cool this time though, because there's basically objectives that you have to do during the match. Like it's like, do like do a grapple and then hit light attack or heavy attack or do a springboard attack off the top rope. I like to do these objectives throughout the match so that you can kind of recreate the match as it was. Um, but then there will be scenes that come up where the computer kind of takes over because it's hard for you to just perform that in the ring. And instead of just showing the computer doing it like the like it's just being a cutscene, they actually um, bring the actual clips of the match and they just kind of phase right into it. He just um, got up and left. Yeah. Well, I stayed for Pokemon. You stayed for Pokemon. He can't stay for... How rude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so they kind of just phases right in with the match. Um, so into the like real life archival footage and then phases back out into the game. Once you, when you're ready to take control over again, hmm. super cool. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I beat it. It's hard. Um, very, very hard, very, very hard, but I did, uh, all a hundred percent of that showcase mode before the, before we started today. So pretty happy. Uh, I will probably be talking about this game more in the future, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. Um, and expect me to be streaming that live on the underscore EdMac on Twitch. And if you haven't followed me yet, please do. Um, I'm going to try not to do that too much, but I'm sorry I did that. Yeah, it's fine. So much. You're it's more fine. than free to, you know, what's the term? Like shack your maybe, wares? Maybe yeah. we should reintroduce the um, uh, pitch yourself at the end of the show again. So we can we get it out of the way that. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's good. If you enjoy wrestling, this is a good wrestling game. You should check it out. All right. Before we uh, move on, uh, oh, I yes. just want to quickly show off the goat from Broken Sword 5 here real quick. Got to say, that's a much more magnificent looking goat than I was anticipating it to look like. I thought we were going to get like a real derpy, like low tier NFT goat. goat. It's a yeah. good looking goat. It is a good looking goat. Um, so, yeah, and this is actually funny because I, apparently I didn't do the right things to get an achievement where the goat talks to you. What? Um, so I have to go back and do those things to get... He, he has to... You have to feed him certain things and he can't attack your other character. 
Because that's the girl, oh, okay. Nico. You play as two characters, George and Nico, and you switch between them. Mm-hmm. And the goat constantly rams George if you're not careful. And if you get too close, he'll like ram you. Um, where the goat loves Nico. It's a pretty funny dynamic, actually. Mm. Um, By the way, Looper uh, Match. Oh, Hello sorry, to ahead. Looper Metroid. Uh, thanks yeah. for tuning in. Uh, we actually can bring up our Twitter handles at a moment's notice, like such. Behold and be dazzled. People yes. who are listening to the audio-only version of this are going to be real confused. But hey, it's okay. All right. Yep. Nathan, take the wheel back from me because I'm quickly about to go into a curb. Okay. So that being said, uh, let's jump in and talk about unpacking. Uh, we all I need played to... unpacking. Oh, uh, We did. I need to tag out and get Rachel in here. Oh, that's <gasps> right. We're taking Rachel in. More special guests. Oh, I should get my puppy ready for her. Well, it's just the cozy cast now. Hey, everybody. It's been a little while I'm since back. we've been able to... Uh, so much for the cozy cast. Uh, it wasn't going to be long. Say hello, Hazel. <laughs> Hazel seems awfully shy. Hello. Hi, friends. Hi, Rachel. Hey. How are you? Yeah, not bad. We heard you played Ready? some unpacking. I did. I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved it so much that I was uh, late to a best friend's birthday party. Oh, wow. You must have really loved it. I couldn't. Oh, well, I had this feeling like it was almost over. So I just thought, oh, I'll just keep going. And then I, I was correct. Yeah. Um, I loved it. We played the whole, how many hours? It was about 3.3. Hours, I think it said. Okay, so about three and a half hours. Um, I still haven't gone back to get all the little achievement stickers. I'd love to do that because I found one by accident because I didn't know they were a thing. Which <laughs> one did I you found, find? Uh, I don't remember what it was called, but we put two teddy bears beside each other. Yes, um, okay, yeah. To best friends or something like that. In the crib, and, right? Yes, in the yes. crib uh, at the final house, yeah. And uh, and then I was like, wait, what? There's all these stickers? I want the stickers. So I have to go back and uh, get those at some point. But I loved it. Um, if, if you follow a guide, it takes like five minutes to get all the yeah, achievements. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it would take much. But it's just more now that I know they exist, I want them all. Yes. Um, I will say uh, it definitely feels like a game by a woman for women. Um, there were so many little things like on the screen here. I'm seeing that that the they're playing in the bedroom, but there's so many little things like stupid things like in the bathroom, like that are like there's actual tampons and there's loofahs yeah. and all this kind of stuff that like uh, no offense, guys, but you probably don't think of that stuff. Uh, and so you could really tell that like a real woman who cares made it. And we spoke of the the teddy bears. Like, I love the continuity stuff like that, mm-hmm. where she has those bears from, well, like it starts when she's a little kid, right? And yep. so, and the bears get, you can tell like they're getting loved. They're a little scruffier and a little bit discolored or little posters here and there, or the same, like a weird one I noticed is all the art supplies look the same no matter where she was in time. Um, So just those little details really got me. Um, Yeah, I loved it. I totally loved it. I want more. 
I yeah. Want to know story. So I, yeah, and I think I echo a lot of the same sentiments that you do here. Um, I think there's a neat continuity, especially because mm-hmm. you. I think I didn't know what I was gonna. I knew what I was gonna get. I thought this was a game about unpacking rooms. What okay. I didn't realize was that there was gonna be a narrative tied upon each move, and the age progressing. And mm-hmm. what you're unpacking as you go on, because you start as what you're essentially a little girl. Yeah, like one, right? you start as a little kid for sure, like seven, eight years old, something like you've got like a diary you can hide under your pillow, like yeah. that kind of age, all the way up to becoming a parent. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that's really cool. And like it has moving out for college, and then moving in yep. with roommates, and then moving mm-hmm. in with your first boyfriend, and then moving back. Then this was the one that got me moving yeah. back into your parents' house. I was like, why yeah, do he, I only have two rooms here? I noticed, uh, I, I knew right away that he was going to be sucky. He had too much stuff and he wasn't sharing his space. Yeah. Uh, you could tell like the, just the way, cause when you get to that level where you're, you're moving in with the boyfriend, yep. um, you can't move his stuff. Yes. Mm. Um, it, it, with it the roommates, I understand. I understand with a roommate, right? You don't you don't touch your roommate's stuff. But when you couldn't move the boyfriend stuff to like make space for yourself, I was like, mm, this is suspicious. I don't know yeah. about this. So this game has a lot of great environmental storytelling. A, a nice little piece mm-hmm. of environmental storytelling that I appreciated in the uh, boyfriend's apartment is that there's no space for you to put your college certificate on the wall anywhere yeah. yes you have to keep you it underneath stick the, it bed. Under the bed you have to put it under the bed and it's like you can see yeah go on ahead. the screen now it's showing the flashing red so i did appreciate that it is still a bit of a puzzle it's not just like a free-for-all so in that case i tried really hard to hang that certificate yeah. on the wall but you there was no space and i tried putting it on the bed i tried putting it on a coffee table or something like a way to sort of display it not on the wall and you just couldn't. It just wasn't possible. Yeah. That and, environmental storytelling was excellent. And, you, yeah. you know, it really you can, told you a lot. But what's good is that, like, the game, you know, leaves you with just enough wiggle room to kind of, like, make up your own mind. Maybe right. that her having to keep her certificate under the bed was representative that she was, like, overly kind of, like, focused on him at that point in her life. Or maybe it truly is meant to represent that the relationship was really kind of tumultuous. We know from the following chapter that seemingly things didn't end super well because you have to put yeah. their portrait together away in her uh, cupboard. Sure. But it yeah. the, the game isn't like super explicit in terms of exactly what happened. The game allows you to kind of like fill in the blanks where you can. Well, yeah. I think he was an asshole. And yeah, no, he was he was an asshole. But then she ends yeah. up happy in the end with her house and her baby. And like, you know, and what I love is another part of the storytelling is that you don't ever actually see who you are. Not really. Yeah. Right. There's like little pictures. We can see like you were saying how you had to put the picture away with the crappy boyfriend. But you never really know who you are. So you can be anybody. You can be you. Like I felt like I was me um, mm-hmm. or it allows that ability to and you can style it your own way yes you can't put like the cooking pot on your bed but you can put certain like books in the way you want it or whatever so you could there is a certain amount of freedom with that which i really liked because uh aj sort of sat beside me and and played but i did most of the playing and i had lots of opinions when i let him play for him and i was like you're doing it wrong it's supposed to be organized (laughs) this way or that way um and that I loved that, that you could have that little bit of 
um, freedom within the confines of the game. Yeah. Um, no, I thought that was really cool. And even like they tease at the end of the game what her job is. And you mm-hmm. get a good idea of how her past has grown up into mm-hmm. being her job. And I don't want to yep. spoil that because I think it's a really no. cool. It's a fun uh, moment. Revelation. Um, but yeah. really, it tells a strong narrative without ever uttering a single word. Just yeah. from you unpacking belongings. Um, and, and yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say you're saying there's no words, but the music, I don't, I, it was just perfect. Yep. It was like this zen, like chill, like you don't have to overthink it. The music kind of sucked you in a little bit. Uh, I mean, you could easily pop on a podcast or other music at the same time if you wanted to, but the music was just right. It had that suck you in kind of energy to zone you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Cozy, um, you haven't talked as much. It's been Rachel and I mostly talking. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I reflect a lot of your opinions. I, you know, as you guys said, the game is very kind of zen and the music really kind of sucks you in and it becomes very kind of therapeutic and enjoyable to just, you know, pack this stuff and, well, (laughs) unpack this stuff. I almost got the game completely wrong and backwards. Uh, And I really love how there's like a degree of self expression to be had in terms of where you're unpacking some of the things. I I definitely uh, had moments as I was playing where I was like, oh man, I'm... The, the game seems to suggest that maybe you should put your pots or your cutlery here, but I'm putting my pots or cutlery in this other location because that's the way that we've always done it. And so it's definitely made me kind of reflect on myself and my own kind of domicile. Um, <clears throat> I will say, I do think that I may have done myself a little bit of a disservice waiting not until the 11th hour, but pretty close to the podcast to complete this game. Uh, I want to very quickly switch over to Twitter.com because um, it, whenever we here at PressYZ are playing through any of our YYZ review games, uh, you at home are more than free to tweet at us your thoughts on the games that we're playing or uh, slide into our Discord at invite.gg slash to share your thoughts on our games there. And we actually got quite a bit of feedback on unpacking uh this week um at jackpot yes we did in fact uh at jackpot on twitter says loved unpacking last year uh it's pretty subtle narratively loved how relatable the feeling of opening a box and finding a sentimental item can be in real life um but it's a shame that I felt the game lost a bit of steam towards the end and became a bit tedious overall a great game um at darth stridius a longtime fan of the show responded to that tweet and said, I agree, near the end of the game, there were so many boxes and stuff. I wish there was an easier way to get items out of the box, but of course it removes what is unpacking. Uh, And then I tweeted about unpacking myself the other night and a mutual follower of mine at the last Pez responded to me said, "Um, I never finished it because of this reason. This reason being that it is a little bit long. Each level gets longer and less satisfying to me. Ultimately, unpacking is not an especially long game. As AJ indicated at the top, it's like three to four hours, if that. Um, But I do find myself somewhat echoing the sentiment that 
yeah, like once you get to the final couple of levels, you do eventually get to a point where it does feel a little bit more like you're going through the motions again and that there isn't as much kind of new content to be explored. Um, but I do kind of wonder, and maybe this is like too like big brained of a theory, if that almost is sort of the point that like unpacking is not as glamorous of an activity as you grow older because it just doesn't carry the kind of freshness that it does when you're a child. And it just becomes another kind of rote thing that you're trying to do. And that's the whole point as it were late in the game, but that's just how I felt. I know that, you know, not everybody's on the same page as me. I definitely hear what you're saying about this. It does get tedious. I liked it start to finish, but I like the thought that you're having about how, as you as a person get older, packing and unpacking just becomes less fun. Right, your first apartment is super fun, but maybe your like third, fourth, fifth, sixth move is way less fun. Um, I did appreciate that it t- took out the like truly boring parts of packing, where when your box is empty, right, you just click on it and it's gone. Right. Yeah. You don't have to like get out the box cutter and get it in the recycling <laughs> bin and all those genuinely horrible parts of unpacking that just totally suck. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's that's an interesting thought that I hadn't thought about with the story because at the end there are a lot of rooms when you're in that final house there are quite a lot of rooms and there were some things i found where i just didn't know where to put them there were a few items where you're like i don't either i don't know what this is because it wasn't um like specific like it was just a box right and maybe you couldn't tell exactly what the image on it was or you try a bunch of places. I can't remember what it was, but there was one that I, I think we sat there for about five minutes trying to figure out where it belonged because it was just so nondescript of an item. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I loved it. 10 out of 10. Would recommend. Did you, um, in the accessibility settings, you actually have the option uh, to mm-hmm. make it so that you can just put items wherever it is that you want to put them in your house. Did you ever rely on that? I didn't. I didn't even know that was a thing. That was an option? No. I didn't know. I wouldn't use it. I think it was some of the puzzle part, but... Out of curiosity, I clicked on... Sorry, out of curiosity, I clicked on accessibility. The only one that caught my eye was that you could change the color of the outline of the... um, Like, if you got it wrong, it defaulted to red, but you could pick the other... I, I didn't know you could. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, full, full spoilers, because it was getting pretty close to the uh, start of the podcast, I did that just for the last uh, puzzle, because I was like, mm, I don't want to spend too much time. Like, I'm already kind of pretty long in the tooth here figuring out where some of the things have to go. So s- sorry to the, you know, uh, two people that just moved into this house. You're going to have a lot of towels in your bathtub for whatever reason. Uh, but I, I, I did make an honest college try at the end. Um, I have one major complaint about the game. Um, it's kind of a joke complaint, actually. But in the final house, there's a bunch of the same book in mm-hmm. one of the rooms, and I can't put it in the baby's room. Yes, mm. I, I agree. Tried, I it tried seems to, like that's where it should be. You should at least be able to put one copy there, and Correct. you can't. Yes. Uh, so, um, I th- so that was number one. I, I thought that yeah. it's a very small thing, but I thought for the narrative it would. And yeah, I actually thought that would have unlocked an achievement or a sticker. Yeah. If yeah, you did that, absolutely. that's yeah. um, what I was kind of aiming towards there. And you just couldn't do it at all. And it's like, really? 
it seems so, like the kind of book that should be in there for sure. A hundred percent. So uh, number one, and I get so I get the criticism that it goes on almost a little too long because I started to feel that near the end. But the I think the one positive is, and you understand this as you move into bigger houses and to bigger stuff as you get more room your stuff just spreads out among different rooms so you'd go into some rooms and there'd be like two boxes mm-hmm. and you'd be able to put it away much quicker like mm-hmm. you were able to distribute your stuff quite a bit quicker um in those final ones i think when you just get to that final house there's like 10 rooms it feels like and that feels like it's going to take an eternity you're close yeah. to the end um yeah and it I almost would have liked to see this even push further to the person's death and them going to an old folks home or something. Yeah. Where you have to and downsize. Then, yeah. You have to start downsizing like your kids move out and. Um, or you, you turn their bedroom into your exercise room. Yep. So you have to because there is a point where she expands her own space like when she's living by herself. So yes. you, you actually do her, her her own first apartment twice. So you could do yep. that kind of in reverse. That could be a fun expansion to the end of the story. Maybe that's the next part. Yes. Maybe that's unpacking two. Where so. It keeps going. Uh, yeah. So overall, I, I really liked the game. Um, I'd probably say this is like a four to five for me. Um, it's very, very good. And I think people should play it. And I think just for the narrative, the way it mm-hmm. weaves a story through without telling you a story. Yeah. I think is very admirable. And like I said, if you're paying attention and you're seeing stuff uh, and please patch the game and let me put the book in the baby's room. I don't know why yeah. I can't put the book in the baby's room. It, again, it you should just, be allowed to go there. Do the accessibility option. You'll be able to put your book wherever you want to put it, put it in the bathtub. So <laughs> I uh, think, Cozy, where are you going with this? I think I'm going to give it, a three out of five. And I know that sounds really, really harsh. I know that sounds like I'm a real Debbie Downer. I think for me, it's just that I feel like they could have accomplished what they were trying to do with this game uh, in fewer levels in a lesser amount of time. And I feel like we would have walked away with a slightly better, more refined product. As it stands, though, I think that unpacking is really kind of special and i think much like um what was that uh drink box game nobody saves the world much like nobody saves the world which we also gave around a three out of five to uh, a couple weeks back when we reviewed that game i think this is one of those games where if you are a fan of this kind of game that is very kind of zen and focused on you know contemplating kind of the nature of uh life and who you are and you know trying to puzzle out who these people are through their lives and their domiciles, I think you're going to really kind of get a lot out of it. I just, there were enough sticking points in it that I feel like I can't go as far as a four out of five. Uh, but I still think it is really good. And I, I hope that you guys aren't distraught that I'm being kind of the person bringing down the grade here. Nope. You know what? Every game's going to, like, people are going to react differently to. So, um, and not everything's going to hit with everybody. And that's what makes people cool, is that people like different Aww. things. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, Rachel, thank you for joining us. We're oh, glad thank you welcome. got Thanks a chance to play me. this. No problem. Uh, send it back to this guy who knows a few more things than I do about games. Boo. Thanks.
I booed AJ. I don't know if you heard. Before we move on to the last segment of the podcast, do you have any additional thoughts that you want to share on unpacking or you kind of right there with Um, No, Yeah, I was like right there with her uh, the whole time. I thought it was super fun. I was I think what I enjoyed most was her enjoyment of it. Is it something that I would have tuned out of partway through? Possibly uh, if I was on my own. She just said from the other room, yes. Um, so, well, I don't know. But um, I think I think what kept me engrossed in it was her excitement for what was happening next and her anticipation for it. So, cool. My experience was also a five out of five. So, all Sweet. right, there we go. All right. Well, that's unpacking. Next week, we are doing um, Art of the Rally. So uh, you don't have to finish it. Don't feel obliged to try and finish it. Just give it a try. It's a racing game. Once you get through a few levels, you kind of get an idea of how it feels. Yeah, Um, I I think it's just called Art of Rally. Or Art of Rally, sorry. Yeah. So So in um, case somebody looks for it and they can't find it. Well, it's like, I always want to call King of Fighters, King of the Fighters. I feel like putting the in there makes a lot of sense, but Grammat, I don't know. Um, Regardless, we're going to shift gears a little bit. PlayStation had a Uh state of play today. And boy, was it a state of play. Um, uh, Look, I'm the PlayStation apologist. Stale of play? I'm the PlayStation apologist on this podcast, and I think this has probably been their worst one. Um, Mm, I think... For me, at least. And I think, once again, this is going to hit differently for different people um, based upon what you see here. But let's unpack it quickly and talk about some of the games uh, as we go through here. Get our opinions. If we have an opinion, maybe we just move on. If we don't have an opinion. Um, Before and we, we talk about jump it, in, I, uh, oh, I yeah, do want to just like very quickly kind of give my top level thoughts. Like, yeah, it oh, wasn't yeah, sorry, great. My apologies. It wasn't great. It, it wasn't uh, an all-timer. But... I really got to give props to Capcom and Square Enix and these other big Japanese publishers for just constantly taking swings. Like, you know, we are often critical of the uh, AAA video game scene for, you know, being very safe, constantly going back to tried and true IPs. It feels like every single year, Square Enix and Capcom announce like five to six completely new, completely outrageously titled ideas that don't always work, but you have to respect the hustle. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, AJ, did you get a chance to watch the whole thing? Yeah, I did. Um, it was... So I'm sitting here trying to remember what was in it, and the two things that kind of caught my attention the most were... The now delayed uh, Forspoken, yep. I guess, um, which still looks really good. And actually uh, seeing more gameplay from it really makes me wish Scalebound wasn't canceled because a little bit of gameplay mm. footage we saw from Scalebound was very reminiscent of some of the stuff. At the very least, my memory of Scalebound was very reminiscent of some of that stuff in, uh, in that. Um, and then um, there was this new Capcom thing that is not Dino Crisis, but involves dinosaurs. Exoprimal. Looks exoprimal. That looks super cool um, in its own way. Um, it looks like another horde, horde-based, you know, kill all the things before they kill you 
in a team sort of thing. At, at first, I, I could have sworn it was going to be Anthem, but then they showed dinosaurs and I was very confused. But came out of it um, looking super, you know, it seems ex exciting. So, yes. Okay. Well, let's jump right into Exo Primal. Um, I'll tell you right now, I was watching that and I was like, this looks like Dino Crisis. And then I saw the Capcom logo and I'm like, oh my God, this is Dino Crisis. And then it wasn't Dino Crisis. Oh, and then I was like, wow, this is like Dino Crisis and Anthem. Very much the same thoughts you had. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but then, yeah, it was called Exo Primal. Um, I don't know why they just didn't call it Dino Crisis. That name has cachet to it, even if they completely changed what it is. Mm -hmm. um, just use the name. I I'm not going to um, lie. I agree. If this was what Anthem was, I would have been way more excited for it. I love the idea that each level starts with like a weather broadcast. It's like, oh, man, hundreds of dinosaurs at 12 o'clock sharp. Like, look at all those dinos. Yeah, just falling out of the sky. It's like, wouldn't cool. they get, go splat when they hit the ground? Would they not die? Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, they, you you get a pile big enough, eventually it'll break the fall of some, and then the rest of them will come running after you. Dinosaurs are forever, Nathan. Don't forget. Maybe they're specially engineered dinosaurs. Um, this didn't really speak to me. The multiplayer horde shooter type thing doesn't really work for me. But what did you guys think? AJ, you kind of already elaborated. This, yeah, like this seemed interesting to you, Cozy. What do you think? I mean, like here's the thing. Like uh, all, all like jokes aside, it is disappointing that this looks like another uh, games as a service game that's gonna go to the way of the dodo real fast. Uh, I was trying to think of a dinosaur Ooh. name, but I mean, technically, all dinosaurs are extinct, so I guess I should have just said the way of the dinosaur. Um, but I gotta respect the fucking weird ass quirky tone of this game. <laughs> like the more I watch of this trailer again, the more I gotta salute Capcom for being just so balls to the walls. Once again, these guys take big, crazy swings every yeah. single year, and they don't always work out. But we'll always have this trailer that we can fawn over wistfully. Um, Looper uh, Matroid in the chat uh, has dubbed it "Left for Dinos." Oh, that's a good that's a good take. I like um, that. Yeah, it's super funny. Um, yeah. So and I, I do appreciate he's also saying he he uh, thinks it's nice and uh, that it doesn't take itself too, too seriously, which I agree with. It had a very silly feel to it, which um, I guess with this type of premise, you, you want to lean into a little bit more. So, yeah, um, no. That, um, so that's Exo Primal. Now we got more Ghostwire Tokyo. I wasn't sure we needed this. It's coming out March 25th. I believe um, uh, soon, soon, late March. Uh, it's in the twenties around the 25th. If it's not the 25th. Um, and we just had like a, not a showcase, but after the Gran Turismo state of play, they did a uh, last month, they did another like 10 minute video for this too. So I was a little surprised to see it here, but it's about to launch. So I think it's, they want to get that final marketing it, push. It's becoming it's the, the next new death loop. loop. Yeah. Deathloop yeah. release and we'll probably not get any more trailers because it's exclusively Xbox now. So they got to find a replacement. Yep. Um, so, yeah, no, Deathloop or um, so, yeah, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, it's coming out. It looks more actiony than it does horror, uh, which is interesting because this is from the Evil Within team. Um, oh, okay. so 
Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but people seem higher on it after that last session, uh, last um, trailer. And I think this is going to do the same thing and bring more eyes onto it for people who didn't see that last thing. Then we, um, or sorry, before I move on, what were you, any thoughts from you guys before, uh, before I steamroll through this? Looks better and better um, with each trailer. We'll see if it turns out great. Yeah, it's, uh, it lo- it looks interesting. I'm not a big horror fan necessarily, um, but I would be curious about it. That's for sure. All right. I'm going to try it on Game Pass when it comes out after a year of exclusivity. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what I'll, I'll, I'll wait for. Uh, uh, so then next up, um, and I don't know in as I talked about how I reacted to this on my Twitch channel. Um, and the 10 minutes before I was putting guesses, I didn't even think about mentioning Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. I was thinking we'd what? see 16 here and that would be a home run. Um, to have 16 here in some fashion because of how absent it's been. Um, however, they have put Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. I believe that is out almost any at any point as well. We, uh, it comes out in March, I believe. I know it comes out soon. Is it March? I think it's March. Whatever. The game looks looking. good. I, I actually think I might pick it up just because <laughs> it's like a fun, meme thing to do, but... March 15th. Yeah, very I hope it soon turns out week. good. Um, yep. It's very much a Souls Final Fantasy game. This is not what I want for my Final Fantasy games. I told you guys this. I miss that old turn-based style. They're making other games for me, but they're not in the Final Fantasy um, mm. line anymore, which is too bad. Um, AJ, you don't seem to have many opinions, opinions on it. I've never been a Final Fantasy. All right. Person, this, see, so. I think this is the one that would probably get you if you're not Possibly. a Final Fantasy person. Because I mean, this... I, I never got around to Final Fantasy VII Remake either, right? And, like, if I was going to play one, like, people said that's the one I needed to play as well. And I just never got around to it. It's just one of those things that it's just... I got to fi- find a PS5 at some point. Yeah. Um, there is a demo for Stranger of Paradise, I believe, which they just dropped on the store. Yeah. That carries yeah. over your progress to the game. Cool. So if you want to check that out and see if it's for you, at least they're giving you that option. I think Square's been doing that a lot with their demos because RPGs are definitely time intensive and you can put a few hours into a demo. So it's nice not to have to repeat the yeah. same first three hours again. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, no, that's awesome. Next up, we have Forspoken, which I was a little surprised to see because they just delayed it last week. Um, uh, not they, that- I mean, they, they delayed it last week, I'm guessing, because... They had to put this trailer out. Yeah. So. Um, I just didn't think that we'd see it with a delay on it. Uh, game still looks gorgeous. Still looks cool. AJ, you said this one already spoke. was speaking to you and it's doing that again here. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, it's this specific like dragon fight here and everything like that. I don't know why it, it's reminding me of what I remember of Scalebound. Okay. Um, that canceled Xbox game. Yep, but uh, I mean, I feel like scale. If this if this is good, Scalebound can actually could actually have a shot. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, the the mm-hmm. developer of of it um, tweeted like, "Hey, come on, Phil Phil Spencer, let's let's uh, let's pick this thing back up, and you know, we'll see what happens." But I don't know. So yeah, uh, cozy. Any thoughts on Force Spoken? 
I mean, again, going back to what I said at the... I mean, I hope so. Going back to what I said at the beginning, like I said, you know, Square Enix tries a lot of new stuff. uh, But every now and then you do kind of really hope that their experiments really pay off. And I hope this is one of those ones that pays off. All right. Um, Okay, so we're going from uh, Forspoken. Let's talk about Gundam Evolution. Um, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, I know there's a fan base for Gundam uh, the Gundam itself, but I feel like this is going to be DOA. Okay, so um, I actually was speaking to a couple of people in one of my Discord servers about this, and they were actually uh, kind of positive about this game. Now, okay, th- this is a very small sample size. I don't know what the internet at large has to say about this, but they were saying, oh, this actually looks like a quality Gundam game that isn't just one of those, you know, beat up 100 robots like Muso, like Hyrule Warrior yeah, style Muso games. Was. Uh, but yep. uh, one of my friends was saying they really need to make sure this game is free to play. <coughs> Otherwise, it will truly be DOA. And I mean, I'm not like intimately familiar of like the kind of uh, business reality of the Gundam games. But I like to believe that they're right on the money about that. This game looks like it has way more going for it than any of the prior Gundam games that we're probably all familiar with, but they got to make sure that they make the barrier of entry as low as possible, I think. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, Looper Metroid in the chat is calling this Gundam Overwatch, which I got a ton of Overwatch feels with. Um, which is I good. I think you're correct. Yeah, I, and I think you're correct, Cozy, um, or what they're saying, that this does need to be free to play. I was like, this needs to come on a PlayStation Plus or have some way to build up an instant amount of people who are playing it without a barrier of entry of some sort, whether it's free to play or free on PlayStation Plus, um, in order to have any sort of community. Because if you can't get that community, this is a non-starter. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, AJ, thoughts on Gundam Evolution? Um, I don't know why, but it made me want to go back to the ps3 launch title uh gundam crossfire and actually give that a go see if that was as bad as it it is reported to be um i actually have a copy of it for some stupid reason oh weird um yeah um but uh no um i found like what what turned me off of it is gundams are giant mech fighters and the sense of scale made everything look like they were just Halo Spartans. Hmm. Like I see what you mean. You know what I you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, so you would kind, appreciate it, it was, if it was a little bit more like Titanfall, where you could also see your humans emerging from their Titans to help yeah, add to the, the sense of scale. There needs to be Yeah. Like I, I haven't watched any of the Gundam anime or anything like that, but um, I don't know how often it it deals with like that sense of scale where like you feel like it feels like the character is in a, a gigantic uh, robot or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's that that that's kind of it kind of weirded me out a little bit. Uh, Looper Gundam's Metroid. Always... Sorry, oh, go ahead. I just want to say Looper yep. Metroid in the chat says it is uh, free to play. Just checked. Yeah. Real good to hear. It, I would actually I'd be interested if this game is like also good in addition to being free to play. I would be interested in checking this out. It's like a brief YYZ review game, but 
we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, I was just going to tell my story. Gundam always reminds me, and it's not the same franchise, but, um, there was an N64 game, which I used to have a poster on my wall from that came with Nintendo power Robotech crystal dreams, which I believe is part of the Macross. It yeah. involves giant Mac robots. Um, but yeah, it, whenever I think Gundam, I always think about this canceled N64 game, which I had on my wall, which Nintendo power pushed for years before, um, it was canceled and never shown up anywhere. So, um, yeah, so I'm curious to see how it does. Uh, I guess we'll find out it's free to play. So that's not bad. Um, all right. So next up, I think this was an interesting announcement and this seemed more like it would be in play for, um, uh, one of the Nintendo directs, but Sony somehow got this one on uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga collection. Um, and actually, I want to take a peek at what that includes, because it looks like it is probably it like every Turtles game and different versions from different consoles. There's a Game Boy game well. in there. I think it, I think there's eight and 16 bits. So here I got a full list of what's what's covered here. So it's got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time Arcade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES, the worst one, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Tournament Fighter. Tournament Fighter as, and that's those are all on NES. Now for the SNES. It's got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, and the SNES version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. So you get both versions of that one. Huh. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Hyperstone Heist for Sega Genesis. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tournament Fighters for Sega Genesis. Three versions of Tournament Fighters, and they are different versions. Jeez. They weren't the same. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Fall of the Foot Clan for Game Boy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Back from the Sewers for Game Boy. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Radical Rescue for Game Boy. Uh, wow. The package is going to be $40. Um uh american so i don't know what that's going to be canadian um but yeah i i really do appreciate that this is a full out collection like we remember when they launched disney to the the lion king and aladdin and you only got one version of them yeah not uh, i was gonna versions. say this is on the same level as the uh what was it the rare retro replay collection that was like 30 games, like 20 of which you had never played or heard of before because they were from like Rare's mm-hmm. super early days as a developer. Like whoever <laughs> spearheaded this collection is a true like a blood in the wool Ninja Turtles fan. I don't think that I'm I don't think that's a actual idiom, by the way. Somebody can check me on that. Well, so these, so this is, these it's are, died, were developed by Konami. It's dyed in the wool, by the way. I said blood in the wool, I meant dyed in the wool. Okay. Um, these were developed by Konami. Konami's actually, well, they haven't been producing many games. They've done some decent collections in terms of the Castlevania stuff recently. Um, so this kind of falls in that. It looks like this is a Konami Nickelodeon combo. Uh, but they really went out of the way and made sure they got every single one and they didn't just do two like they i could see another company splitting these into two releases of some sort um so very interesting to see them all bundled in together um teenage mutant ninja turtles tournament fighters is an underrated fighting game and you get three versions of it here which is i think is pretty amazing um so yeah so uh, thoughts on the collection guys I was never really a big 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. Like, I think back to the theme song fondly. Um, but the, um, you know, I, I've, I've heard through osmosis, like, good things about some of the games and, and stuff. So I'd be interested to check out, like, the other stuff. Um, and like uh, Looper Matroid says um, he, he in the uh, chat here, he actually kind of liked that they... Uh, they gave gave multiple versions of the same game, so yeah. yeah. TMNT is uh, never a license that I cared much about, but if you if you need somebody else to play that TMNT fighting game with you, Nathan, I'll definitely sub in. Okay. Um, what what I would like to see and hear more about is uh, features in terms of like rewinding uh, lives. Yeah, that's in the that, um, that's in the trailer. One of oh, the things oh, that flashes in the trailer is like rewinding. So they have all that stuff in it. Okay, perfect. Good. Because um, some of those beat em ups, like it'd be cool if you could just continue to hit start when you die and keep going from where you were um, instead of dying and having to restart. Because um, some of the beat em ups aren't great. And that first Ninja Turtles game is impossible. Um, so if they've got a way for people just to beat it so that they can beat it, that'd be great. Because it is, I don't know if you guys have played NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is literally you. There's a underwater sewer scene where you got to swim through this like electrified algae without touching it, and it's almost impossible to get through. Um, so yeah, uh, and Looper Metroid, uh, Metroid in the chat is saying that TMNT one is also bad. He agrees with me, uh, but everything else is good. Uh, okay, so. We've got that, so we're past that. Uh, so now we're coming down. I think there's a few cool announcements here um, as we get towards the end. Gigabash looks like um, a giant... Uh, um, oh, I'm forgetting the words of giant monsters. What are those called? Uh, like a Godzilla. Kaiju. Kaijus. Kaijus. Kaiju. Thank you. This looks like a kai like a super kaiju um, beat em up thing. It reminds me of like the uh, SNES game King of the Monsters. Um, does this interest you guys at all? Nope. Um, kind of. There was an old Godzilla game I played on the GameCube that I actually really enjoyed. Um, that was not really similar in vain. But this actually seems to have the kind of scale that I'm looking for in a Gundam game. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so it's... Uh, Gigabash is a four-player arena brawler featuring giant monsters, featuring kaijus and heroes. Fully destructible maps. Uh, could be interesting. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Once again, it'll be that barrier. Uh, Godzilla, destroy all monsters, melee. Yes, that's what Looper Met Metroid saying. I should introduce I that. I think um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we won't spend a huge amount of time here. It looks interesting. I'm curious about it. Uh, could be cool. Uh, then we have... Now, this kind of shocked me. Uh, I thought this might have been a PlayStation Studios spinoff of Ghost of Tsushima. We've got Trek to Yomi. I think this is probably, like, the best game of the show. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I'd have, I think I have to see it... it Oh, okay. It, yeah, this, this was one. the um, black and white game that, you know, has right. a kind of distinctive cinematic style. I think I think artistically this thing looks phenomenal. Um and it's definitely one of those art pieces that I think like everybody's going to have to tr at least put a little bit of time into. Mm -hmm. Um 
it's de- it's probably one of the more the one of the most interesting things at the state of play but like like i said earlier forspoken and um the that other game uh grabbed me a little bit more than this one did Exo is this is this fully Primal. like like a side scroller mostly it looks like yeah it looks like there's some cutscenes uh with other stuff but it all the actions in the side scrolling got it so at least based on what I'm seeing, this is a Devolver Digital title. Uh, I wasn't surprised once I saw Devolver Digital was the publisher because this is completely what they would do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So cozy thoughts on it? Looks real good. Devolver Digital schemes aren't always for me, but I'm still excited to see what everyone else thinks of it. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, then... I thought this was going to be... I didn't think it was Persona 4 Battle Royale, but then they said uh, classic fighting game returning. uh, And I was like, oh, maybe it is Persona 4. But no, it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. Okay, so I I will say, Nathan, to your defense, uh, you're totally justified in briefly getting this game confused with the Persona series because... Oh, because of the butterfly. Yes, the Persona series borrows a lot from jojo's bizarre adventure the sands from jojo bizarre adventure which are those monsters that they can kind of summon to do their bidding are like they were basically a huge influence on the personas from the persona series at least from like three onward uh so much so that there are like there's actually a moment in persona q the like spin-off uh persona game for the 3ds where they do like these like Jojo poses that are like a reference to like scenes from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. So like it's very much one of those things where like they they've borrowed a lot from the Bizarre Adventure series and they're not really kind of trying to hide it. Are the boot blue butterflies in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure too? Because I saw that and I thought that was like purely a persona thing because that's you really do see that in at least in all the pers- like personas like three on. I think it's even in the earlier ones. Is that in this too? Uh, yeah, I'm not like, I, I've only watched some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm not like ultra familiar, uh, with the franchise, but I, I'd be interested. I, I didn't even really uh, think about the blue butterfly thing. I was just more t- thinking about like the stands, for example, but yeah, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I saw the butterfly and I'm like, oh my God, it's Persona. Um, but this isn't the art style. And then... It wasn't Persona. Now, I will say I'm aware of this game because it's a remaster of a fighting game and I do pay attention to fighting games. This is apparently a great fighting game. So it's glad to see it getting a second life on uh, current gen. Um, And 50 characters is quite the roster for a fighting game. So. Um, All right. Then we got a little bit of DLC for Returnal. Cozy, did you play Returnal? No, I intend to play it at some point. Uh, this year because I know that it was a game that topped many of your uh, top five games of last year lists Um, and I guess when this DLC comes out I'll probably give it a shot we'll see now it is a free update it's not DLC technically gotcha so it's going to add an extra section to the game Uh, they're calling it the 3.0 update so there will be a new section of the game as well as co-op play so people as uh, (laughs) Craig Miller wrote on Twitter Somebody can finally carry me to beat this game. <laughs> yeah. So um, so you'll have that option to be carried if you need it. Truth be told, like the difficulty of this game has never turned me off. I fully expect that 
I'm going to fall in love with this with this game when I eventually try it. It's really the yep. length of this game that has made me apprehensive about jumping into it. Like knowing how long it takes to kind of like get a hold of all the different biomes and eventually 100% and platinum it, uh, like that has, I'd say, been the biggest thing that's been putting me off from jumping into it, especially towards the end of last year when, you know, time was fleeting and I figured better to kind of focus on these other games rather than have Returnal take up all my time. But uh, eventually, eventually time to complete Returnal will reveal itself in 2022. I'm confident. 100%. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, so uh, so we've got the Returnal Ascension. Oh, sorry, uh, AJ, I skipped you. Any thoughts on Returnal? Did you, you didn't even play Returnal. You don't have a PS5. I still don't have a PS5, so. Yes. Okay. Then we get into the final two games, uh, both coming from Square. Um, and I knew immediately we weren't getting Final Fantasy 16 because they said two new games from Square, which means they were new and we've never seen them before. Uh, the first one screamed like almost like a Final Fantasy Tactics kind of feel to it called the Dio, Dio Field Chronicle. I'm assuming Dio Field Chronicle? it's probably Dio Field because Dio Field. The Dio part is probably meant to be like you know God basically. So, uh, no, that makes sense. Um, and it looks very much like a strategy RPG of just much more modern graphics. I think it's really odd that in the same year, they might do two strategy term like RPGs, one in uh, um, the Dio Field Chronicle. And then you've also got Project Triangle Strategy coming from them this year with that more 2D HD or HD 2D look. So yeah. um, and this didn't do anything for me. I'm not a big turn-based strategy guy. Um, either of you two have any thoughts on it? Well, it's interesting. You're not a turn-based strategy guy, but you want turn-based Final Fantasy combat. Yes. You don't, I don't, you don't like, like the moving around board game pieces? No, I don't like the grid aspects and everything to it. Okay. I like, I, I, I just Have you like ever played like an combat. XCOM or anything? Anything um, like that? I haven't played XCOM. I have played like uh, the original Wastelands and Fallouts. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, which um, I actually like a little bit better, um, but it's they're more rpg than like a xcom which is more just about the combat than you're back between bases got it so um, um looking at looking at some of the gameplay footage for this right here um once again we come back to like the the sense of scale and i know like what they're going for um but for me it always kind of takes me out of it when like a game like this the, the characters that you're controlling and fighting with, like it's not one-to-one in terms of them versus their their environment, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, but other than that, like it looks cool. Might be interesting. Well, when, it, when it comes to these sorts of strategy games, having a story and a cast of characters that I can really connect with are really important. Uh, if it's something like Pokemon Conquest, for example, uh, where it's all sorts of delightful little Pokemon critters running around doing their thing, I can get into that. I can get into it if it's, say, another familiar franchise that I uh, quite love, but this doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Um, I almost wonder if this, and I, I know, like, Cozy, you talked about how it's great they're taking chances. If something like this would succeed better if it had used an existing license that they already have. 
or existing IP with it instead of something brand new and fresh. So, because I feel like there's probably like 10 different IPs Square could have found a way to kind of make this work with. Yeah. So, um, and then the final game, um, and the minute I heard the word Valkyr uh, from her, I was like, this is a Valkyr profile game. Is it Valkyr or Valkyrie? Or Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Valkyrie, sorry. Valkyrie uh, profile game. Um, and while it's not called Valkyrie profile, it's Valkyrie Elysium. Um, Is it any relation to Valkyria? No. Like the Chronicles? No? Just coincidence? Okay. No. I, I did my research uh, into this ahead of the stream. My understanding is that the original Valkyrie profile was a like OG PlayStation 1 game. And then it got a sequel on the PlayStation 2. And then since then, there hasn't really been like a lot of new activity with the series outside of like the odd mobile game, which like, you know, what does that even mean? So, I mean, it's pretty cool. I Again, I don't have any attachment to the series. Pretty cool that Square Enix is straight up like, hey, that, you know, PlayStation 2 series, let's bring it back. Um, Nathan, do you have any experience with the series? Uh. Yeah. I want to say yes, but I think it's a different game. Um, oh. And now that I'm looking at it, because I thought I played this on PSP. It, I believe that one of the games was ported to PSP. I believe that I'm, the first one, the PlayStation 1 version, was ported to PSP. Oh, okay, yes. I'm seeing PlayStation and PlayStation Portable here on the list here. So, yeah, so I think I did play Valkyrie Profile on the PSP. Uh, I don't remember it well. Um, I played a lot of RPGs back then and would get like 10 hours in and then stop for the next RPG, which released because RPGs released like every other week back then. So, um, but I remember having a good time with it. I know they were reviewed really well uh, and people thought of them like really positively. So uh, yeah, no, I think it's cool to see it come back. It's an existing IP. I think this is going to, a lot of people aren't going to know who this is at all or what's going on with it. Um, but uh, I think, but other people would be super excited to see it back. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. It looks like the last entry was Valkyrie Profile Covenant of the Plume, which came out in 2009 on the DS in North America. So it's been a hot minute since there's been a non-Android iOS version or mm. game. So... Um, I, I could be uh, tempted to give it a shot, potentially. Um, although it does definitely looks more action-based, which seems to be the way Square is shifting all their development right now. Sure. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up our review. Like, So what do you guys think of this uh, as a state of play? How, how, what would you, uh, we had our patented five star system, which nobody else is allowed to use for reviewing games. What do you guys think would be your patent five stars for this? Probably three, two to three. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. Like I said at the top, I got to respect the hustle, I got to respect Capcom and Square trying out all sorts of weird, unusual, wacky things and revivals. But the problem really is that PlayStation needs to stop treating state of plays like they're dumping grounds for everything that is not their most exciting content of all time. Like they need to take notes from Nintendo and be like, all right, we're going to show off 
some stuff that's not going to be uh, to everyone's taste. And then we're also going to uh, insert some stuff in here that is going to get the whole world rocking. Like, yeah. you can have your Valkyrie profile uh, wayward sequels. You can have your uh, whatever the hell the name of that uh the deal field chronicles uh was but you got to put a couple of big hitters in there as well you can't keep it all saved for e3 aj yeah i i kind of agree um it definitely feels like they they felt some sort of weird obligation to to these games and like oh, i guess we gotta put something together i don't know just sort of like just a bit of an info dump um i think some of these games deserve better than that personally all right um yeah and i think uh like for me uh i'm typically the biggest playstation fanboy here but this was a two out of five i've typically defended most of the playstation state of plays um i think this is probably one of their worst ones uh, which is too bad because I actually thought there I had high hopes for coming into this based on what I thought should be there. Like how we haven't seen more of Final Fantasy 16 yet Square's got like three other games to show us. Um, yeah. I don't understand. Um, like at that, this point, we won't see it till E3 probably. And it was supposed to come out last year. So. Um, I don't so think yeah, that game uh, like that game is not in trouble, but. I, I totally agree with the sentiment that they need to like put that in these sorts of presentations to offset the more quirky and out there stuff. Yeah. You, you just need those major hitters and you just didn't have them uh, like the only PlayStation studios game. And I got excited when we saw the PlayStation studio logos, as there's been rumors abound about uh, Sly Cooper and uh, infamous getting new entries and potentially being outed this month. Um, officially, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, when I saw that PlayStation logo, I'm like, it's here, and it was just Returnal DLC. And not that there's a problem with that, but I think the biggest sentiment I got when I checked on Twitter was that this could have been an email, so yeah. or or a PlayStation blog post for these. Um, so yeah, uh, fingers crossed. PlayStation understands what they need to go forward. That being said, maybe they just like what they have, and they don't need to do more with it. So who knows? They're getting views, and if they get views and people keep tuning in, then um, it, like they, they'll only worry when people stop watching them. Am I correct? Correct when I say that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so that that's kind of how all of it goes. Like, whether it be mic- microtransactions or tuning into this sort of thing, like they're gonna do what gets what what gets them the attention. So, yeah. Um, I did want to bring up here, uh, so I saw this earlier today, um, it looks like it was posted, um, on the talk of speaking about PlayStation, PlayStation looks like it has a bit of work to do internally on itself, um, there's an Axios article, so what I'm going to suggest is you go read the Axios article, it's by Stephen Totillo, 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 Totillo. Yep. Stephen Totillo, um, formerly eight- of Kotaku. Yeah, formerly of Kotaku. Um, I, I Axios has to, become like I, I a really say, good thing about breaking news. I, I was going to call you out on his pronunciation, Nathan, but I can now that I actually sit there and think about it, I can understand why you might have gone with that pronunciation. So, 
Um, but yes, eight more women alleged sexism at PlayStation intensifying lawsuit. So there was a lawsuit. I think we heard about it a little bit, but it was one person. It kind of just like popped up and went away. Yeah, it's um, it. What struck me is that it said eight more women allege, and I was just like, okay, wait a minute. How many was there the first time? Like, I already um, pessimistically expect this sort of garbage to go down at most places, but like. I don't recall hearing anything about it the first time. Like, I, I don't have memory of that. Yeah, and I think if it popped up, it was, like, in the news and then out of the news. Um, whatever's going on here, and I think it's worth going and reading the article uh, from Axios here, um, but it looks like PlayStation's trying to get one of the, like, this one lawsuit, like, waved away, and other people have come forward, and they're... Uh, could be a legitimate problem behind the scenes at PlayStation. That's disturbing, and hopefully whatever is going on, they can get fixed. Um, there's a lot of stuff to it. I can't do it justice, and I don't think it's fair for me just to read it. Go read the article from the person. I will say, as somebody who's a longtime PlayStation fan, I can think of very few women who are front-facing uh, talking about PlayStation. Am I correct there? Yeah, like, I think... The, the first person that comes to mind uh, is Alana Pierce, who actually works at, uh, who's working on God of War Ragnarok. And, like, that's the closest, yep. like, front-facing woman that I can think of working yeah. at a Sony first um, studio or part of the organization. And Alana yeah, Pierce... Like is great but it's very rare that you see her in some sort of uh capacity where she's like presenting something at playstation or like in like one of these direct style presentations for example yeah yeah no 100 percent um like i alana didn't come to me but that's a great point um i would think back to amy henning who once again not front facing but was a writer for uncharted um uh, and yep. is probably their most high profile woman that had been on staff somewhere everybody else seems to be men everywhere so i think this is something that uh really should be looked into and um apparently it is an issue and systemic in the organization and people are afraid that they do not have the like people internally or i i don't remember the quote was um exactly but they're sony's not equipped oh no i believe sony is not equipped to appropriately handle toxic environments wrote Kara johnson a former program manager yeah. So they're not set up to fix that. So, uh, yeah, uh, not great news. Um, hopefully, um, if there is stuff going on behind the scenes here, and it looks like there is, that Sony can right this ship and turn it around. Uh, we've seen these issues uh, range from different organizations, Ubisoft, Activision, uh, Riot, um, into smaller studios too, um, uh, like Steve Gaynor's studio which he's not mm -hmm. a part of anymore. Fulbright, 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 yeah. Fulbright. Um, so you, you've seen it from the big to the small, and this is a serious issue. And hopefully, fingers crossed, um, they can get out here and actually make some meaningful change, um, unlike other organizations we've seen, and want to make that meaningful change instead of just sweeping it under the rug. But their initial actions don't seem very positive towards the matter. Yeah. So, um, okay. Sorry, we're going to end this on a down note, so my apologies about that. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, hey, shit this, happens. It's, it's a serious topic, and it's something that needs to be addressed. It's that simple. So don't fuck this up. Make it good as best yeah. as you can. Um, like, 
make it good for the people. It's already been a bad situation for people. Let's try and fix it for the current and future employees and try and fix what the things that happened with the old employees. So uh that being said so we're done for the show so thanks you for tuning in for press yyz if you enjoyed this broadcast be sure to follow us on twitch subscribe to us on youtube and rate and review us on apple podcasts you can also check us out on twitter at press yyz and slide into our discord at invite.gg slash press yyz to keep the conversation going we love having fun conversation in there um uh, i'm gonna give one final throw out uh for me if you are listening and you've enjoyed this content uh specifically me check out my twitch channel the underscore nmac uh, so that i can try and get my follower count up because i'm trying to become an affiliate so i'd really appreciate that uh other than that uh, until next time thank you for playing guys have a great day